Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for being here. Is it okay if I talk to everybody online for a minute? Is that cool? Okay, cool. Hi, everybody. If you're watching us online this morning, maybe this is your first time watching us online. I just want to welcome you to the gathering. You're a part of our gathering family this morning. But if it's your first time watching us online, I want you to know something. I want you to know that here at the gathering, we participate in the message, right? There we go. We participate. You're going to hear people hoop and holler and maybe say amen. So be involved in the chat. Type in the chat. Let us know that you're there. We really do have a real person on the other end of that computer screen who's there to answer any questions, to pray for you, and maybe even to lead you to the Lord today. So be involved. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, those of you here in person and watching us online, we are in our fourth week of our series called Deeper Today. Now, when Pastor John told us as a speaking team that we were going to do a series called Deeper, the very first word that kind of came to my mind was this word. It was foundation. Say foundation. Foundation. I thought deeper. I thought about, you know, what, what, what do we build things on, right? We, we build them on a foundation. We build our faith on a spiritual foundation, right? And I think about the importance of a foundation, but sometimes we ignore foundations, right? Sometimes we don't put the work in on foundations, and let's be honest, the reason is foundations are kind of boring. Nobody gets excited about a foundation, right? I mean, okay, when's the last time you had a guest over at your home, very first time? I'll prove it to you. They knock on the door, right? Knock on the door. You open the door, and they're like, man, that is the most beautiful foundation I've ever seen in my life. I mean, have you seen your foundation? Goodness sakes. I mean, it's so level. How'd they get it so level? It's just so level. It looks so strong. I mean, you had to, you, you went with the 3,000 PSI concrete, right? I mean, you splurged. You went with the strong, honey, they got the upgraded foundation. I told you we should have gone for the upgraded foundation. No, they don't do that, do they? Anybody ever gotten a compliment on your foundation in your house? No, we knock on the door, we walk in and we go, where did you get those floors? Look at those floors. Oh, and the paint color. I love what they did with the paint color. That's so pretty, right? Where'd you get that couch? Oh, I love it. Oh, honey, look what they did over there in the corner. If you loved me like he loves her, you'd build me that too. Right? That's what we do because we're more interested in what's above the ground, what we can see than what it's really built on. And so often in our spiritual walk with God, we tend to do the same thing. We're busy worried about our Christian curbside appeal, and we're not focused on building that strong spiritual foundation that's going to withhold the call that God has put on our life. And maybe we don't even realize that that spiritual foundation could be cracked, it could be warped, and it could be weak today. It's a dangerous place to be. Today we're going to look at a church in the Bible that had a strong and solid foundation it's, it's a church and a body of believers that in the face of persecution, in the face of, of prison, in the face, face of death threats, they continued to thrive. They continued to meet. And the Bible says that they continued to grow. It was a church that was on fire for God. How did they stay on fire? How did they do that in the midst of that persecution? In part, it was because they had an incredible foundation. They had a solid, firm 
foundation. We're going to be in Acts chapter 5 today, and we're going to look at the first church, the church that we see in Acts. So if you have your Bibles or smartphones, you can turn to uh, Acts chapter 5. But first, we're going to look at a little bit of background on this church, because I think it's important for us to understand before we read this story, for us to understand the foundation of this church. What made this church so special, so strong? So we're going to look at Acts chapter 1 first. Let me give you a little background because we want to understand their foundation today. Jesus has just been crucified, right? He's resurrected. He hangs out for 40 days. He appears to his his, uh, followers a few times. We don't know everything that happened within that 40 days. But then when we turn to Acts chapter 1, Jesus ascends into heaven. Jesus is there with his disciples, and the very last thing that he says to them is this in Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And he, after he said that, he was taken up before their very eyes. He promised them with his last words the gift of the Holy Spirit. He told them that they would have power through the Holy Spirit. And then he told them what their mission was. To take his word, to be his witnesses all throughout the land, all throughout the world. So then 10 days later, right? 10 days later on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit finally comes. Now 10 days may not seem like that long to us, right? We, we know that the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2. But imagine seeing Jesus leave. The last thing he said to you is, you're going to get the Holy Spirit, and you're going to get this power, and you're going to be my witnesses. And then you wake up the next morning, and you're like, do, do I have it yet? Do you have it? Because I don't know if I have it. Did you get it? And then you wake up on day two, and they did this for 10 days. 10 days, that's a long time to wait when Jesus himself said, you're going to get some power. You're kind of counting on that power. But finally, in Acts chapter 2, It says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all, at that time, it was 120 believers. They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing, like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and they came to rest on each of them. Verse four, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Man, look out, we got a church that's filled with the Holy Spirit. We got 120 believers that are filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine what God can do through 120 people that are filled with the Holy Spirit? I mean, come on, that's, that's incredible to think about. Right after this happened, there was some confusion because all, all, the, all the people there, those 120, they started speaking in different languages, right? And you have all these people, it's the day of Pentecost, right? Pentecost, they're, they're all the Jews from all over the place, they're, they're coming to town. They don't all speak the same language, but then all of a sudden they're going, wait a minute, aren't they Galileans? And I can, under, I can understand them in my, my tongue. And so Peter gives a sermon to explain through some, some prophecy from the Old Testament to give a, a sermon to explain what was going on. And then he says something, he says, that they had crucified Jesus, whom God had made both Lord and Messiah. He tells them, you missed it. You missed it. God had sent Jesus, made him Lord and Messiah, and you missed it. Then Acts 2.37, I love this verse. It says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They were instantly met with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, with a belief 
right? In an instant, they realized they had messed it up. And so what was their reaction? What do I need to do? What shall I do? And Peter responds and he says this, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And on that day, 3,000 people came to Jesus. On the first day, 3,000 people came to Jesus. But you know what's so cool is that they didn't just, remember, some of these people are from out of town. Right, they're, they're here for Pentecost. And they didn't just go back home. They stuck around. They stuck around and they begin to build this beautiful community that we see in Acts chapter two. They begin to understand that God was building something really special in them and through them and that they needed to be a part of that. And we see that in Acts 2.42. It says this, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything, everything in common. Verse 43 says that they were in awe of the the signs and wonders. I think verse 44 could be the biggest miracle in the Bible. 3,120 people that have everything in common in a church, right? Right? They're not, they they weren't squabbling over funny stuff like we do sometimes, right? I don't like the, the color of the carpet or the chairs should be more comfortable or, you know, whatever. We do that sometimes. But they had everything in common. Why? Because their mission was bigger than their preferences. God had a mission for them to, to fulfill and their preferences, they laid that aside so that they could be a part of something special. And you know what? It goes on to say that they sold their property and sold their possessions so that none of them were in need. They met every day in the temple courts, not once a week. It's hard enough to come to church once a week, right? Imagine coming every day, but that's what they did. They broke bread together in their homes. And then it says that the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Woo! This church was on fire. This church, as the kids would say, was bussing. I knew Bree and LaMonica would get that and a couple of the teenagers in the back. But yeah, they were bussing. They were crazy. People were being saved, right? They were continuing to meet daily. God's doing all of this wonderful things through them. It was incredible. And people were beginning to bring their sick and lay them out in the streets because they wanted them to be healed. In fact, they they had so much belief that they were going to be healed that they said they'd lay them out in the streets just in case Peter's shadow would go across them. They had that much belief because of what God was doing through this church. Acts 5.16 says that the crowds gathered, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and that all of them were healed. All of them were healed. So that brings us, that gives us some foundation, right? Is that a church you're excited about? Man, what a model that God gives us in Acts chapter 2. Normally, we, we teach from the NIV. I'm going to be reading from the NLT today, but we're going to start in chapter 5 of ver, uh, verse 17. So you can follow along or it'll be on the screen behind me. It says this, the high priest and his officials, who were the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in a public jail. 
But, everybody say but. But, God loves that word, but. When God shows up, there's a but, okay? But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. He told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, as they were told, and immediately began teaching. When the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened the high council, the full assembly of the elders of Israel. When they sent for the apostles to be be brought uh, from the jail for trial. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. Where'd they go? They were gone. So they returned to the council and reported the jail was securely locked with the guards standing on the outside. But when we opened the gates, no one was there. When the captain of the temple guard and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where this would all end. Then someone arrived with startling news. The men you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. The captain went to his temple guards and arrested the apostles, but without violence because they were afraid that the people would stone them. Then they brought the apostles before the high council where the high priest confronted them. He says, we gave you strict orders never to teach in this man's name, he said. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him and you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at the right hand as prince and savior. He did this so that the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. I haven't given you the, the, top, the title of this message yet, but I'm, I'm going to give it to you now. The, the title of this message this morning is Not Free for Free. Not Free for Free. Our freedom in Christ, it came with a price. We know that. We just read about it. We, we celebrated what Jesus did on the cross for us. It came with a price. But through his resurrection and through his life, his our believing in him also comes with a price. It comes with a mission directly from God. We're not set free for free. We're not set free to live our life. We can live our life in captivity. We, we can stay in bondage and live the life we want to live. But when God sets us free, he sets us free with a mission. He sets us free with a mission. We are set free in Christ. We're not just simply set free to be free. Romans 6, 10 through 11 says this, talking about Jesus, but the life he, Jesus, lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to who? God, alive to God in Christ Jesus. We are alive, not for free. We're alive to God today. We weren't just simply saved from something. We've said this before, right? We were saved from something, from from sin, from the power of sin, from death, from separation from God. We were saved from that, but we were also saved for something. There's a purpose, there's a plan, there's a reason that God reached down from heaven and saved us all. And that's what we're gonna look at today because we're not free for free. God, we thank you for your word today. 
God, I pray that as we dive in deeper into this today, that you will help us to step into that mission, step into that calling that we all have on our lives this morning. Be with me as I give this word. I love you and thank you so much for everything you're doing in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Point number one today is this. Free means a mission. Free means a mission. Verse 17, the high priest and his officials who were the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. He told them, go. It came with a mission. Free means a mission. Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. Why did the angel open the gates? It wasn't just simply so they could be free. It was so that they could live out the mission. Friends, your freedom, my freedom, our freedom comes with a mission today as well. And we're going to step into that today. And I have, to, I have to wonder, as I was praying through this today, I had to wonder how many missions in this room have been minimized? How many missions in this room, how many people represent a minimized mission? You know, like how you do on a computer screen? You know, you don't, you don't hit the red X. That deletes it. That, that goes away. But so often, we don't, we don't want to step into that, that mission. And so what do we do? We hit the yellow button. It just minimizes it. It goes down to the dock, right? It's still running in the background. It's still there. But we just don't have to look at it, right? Because we've minimized our mission. It's, it's still there, but we just, we're not looking at it right now. That's what we do sometimes. Sometimes we get frustrated, right? We get frustrated with, with how things are going in life, maybe in, in a call that God has put on our life. And we feel like, well, if you called me to it, everything should just be rainbows and butterflies, but sometimes it's not, right? And so what do we do? We get frustrated. We minimize our mission. Sometimes we're tired, right? Sometimes we just get tired for the same reasons. We're just busy doing it all the time and we get tired and I just got to minimize this. We get burnt out. We minimize our mission. We get distracted because we've got too many programs running on the screen, right? And so we, we minimize the wrong thing. We minimize our mission rather than all the stuff that's taken us away from our mission. Sometimes we minimize our mission because we have fear and doubt. Maybe God's called you to a big mission and you're sitting here going, I don't know if I can believe that God's going to come through for me. That's a scary place to be, but I want, I want to set you free this morning. I got a verse for you. Romans 12, three tells us that we have been assigned a measure of faith by God. If God has called you to something, if God has put a mission in your life, he has given you the faith you need to fulfill that mission. It's already in you. It's already in there today. We can do things to access that faith, to exercise our faith like muscles, right? It's there though. We can exercise it. We can find it. Maybe, maybe you've minimized your mission because you have shame in your life. Maybe you did something at some point. Maybe you did something and you feel like you ruined your mission. Maybe you had a mission, but you, you minimized it because of shame that lived in your life. And I want to tell you today, I'm going to give you another verse. If I ever get something tattooed on my arm, it's going to be this one. Romans 11:29. 29, for the gift, God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. I want to talk specifically to somebody who's here today, who's living in shame, who's carrying that shame around with them. You were never meant to carry that shame because the blood of Jesus Christ covered that. 
That sin was a crimson stain on your record, but the blood of Jesus Christ made it white as snow. We just sang about it. The blood of Jesus Christ covers your worst sin, your worst mistake. Jesus died knowing that sin, knowing that mistake, and he still loves you. Do not leave this place today without leaving that shame down here. At the end of the service, we're going to have our, our, our prayer partners. They're going to come down, prayer partners and elders. Come ask them to pray for you. Leave it here. Don't take it with you. If you're watching us online today, don't minimize the chat before you have left your shame where it needs to be with God. Maybe the whole reason you're watching us online today is because you're afraid to come to church, right? Because you got shame in your life. Maybe they find out what I did or, or who I hurt. And so it's just a lot safer for me to watch through a screen. Man, if you're feeling that way and you're watching us online today, I want to challenge you to come here because when you come here, you're going to find a bunch of messed up people who are just trying their best to follow Jesus. We are not perfect people, but you know what? Perfect people don't make it to heaven. Forgiven people make it to heaven. Forgiven people make it to heaven. Thank you, God. Whew. Maybe the reason that you've minimized your mission right now is because of some circumstances in your life. We all have them, right? I'm busy with work. When I get married, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step into my mission, right? When I start having kids, I'll step into my mission. When, I, when the kids get out of the house, I'm going to step into my mission, right? We do that. Or maybe it's sickness or illness that's in your life. And you've minimized your mission because you don't feel like God can use you. And if that's you today, I'd love to introduce you to a man named Brian Bowers. Where's Brian at? He's around here somewhere. There he is. Brian Bowers, he, he's got stage four cancer. And, and you know what? Here's what I love about, about Brian is that he has every reason to minimize his mission, to hit that button and say, I'm just, I'm going to minimize that for right now. But he doesn't do it. Brian, stay, <laughs> Brian plays on our worship team and he plays guitar and uh, the, the chemo kills your fingers, right? Yeah, it kills his fingers. And so all week long, he's practicing his guitar, and it's killing his fingers. And then he comes up here. How many people play an instrument? You know you can't just show up and know how to play it, right? you got to practice. All week, all week long, he's giving this sacrifice of praise to God. And I see him up here, and yeah, he plays great guitar, but I see him up here worshiping God, and I know he's in pain. I know he's in pain. And that example speaks to my heart. Oh, yeah, and he's also our men's director. <laughs> he leads our men's ministry here. And the cool thing about that is that when he got cancer, he'll tell you, he'll, he, like he told me, I thought my calling was done. I thought my mission was over. I guess I'll never be in ministry. You said that, didn't you? Yeah, if God had something different in plan, didn't he? That's right. And after you had been diagnosed, after you'd been walking that road, God opened that door for you. And you said yes, and you stepped into that mission, regardless of the circumstances. Now, I'm not glorifying Brian, but I am saying that he can be an example for us today. He gives all the glory and honor to God. Believe me, that man is awesome. Get to know him. He's a good guy. Mm. But listen, don't minimize your mission today because free means a mission. Point number two is this. Free follows through. Verse 20. Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. Immediately began, right? And the Bible says, as they were told, but as they were told by who? 
Because here's an interesting fact. In chapter four, they had had a run-in with the Sanhedrin before. And Peter and John were brought in front of them and they told them, do not teach in the name of Jesus anymore. He says that in verse 18. They called them in and charged them and said, do not speak at all the name of Jesus. They threatened them and they released them. They censored them, right? They didn't like what they were saying. The Bible says they, were did, they did as they were told, but they did as they were told by a heavenly authority, not by the earthly authorities in chapter four. See, chapter four was all about the earthly authorities saying, hey, 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 don't, don't, you can't do this anymore. And then they went out and guess what? The angel of the Lord showed up and said, go. And so they went because the heavenly authority had said, go. And they followed through with that, even though it was preaching and teaching that got them thrown in prison twice already. (laughs) And they didn't care. The Lord told me to do it. I'm gonna do it. Listen, God wants our obedience. God wants our obedience in, 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 in our life. When he speaks something to us, he wants us to be obedient to that. He wants us to just follow what he's asked us to do. That's what make God, makes God happy. I'm gonna illustrate what obedience looks like this morning. A few weeks back, we were, uh, we were cooking dinner at my house and uh, I, I cook most of the time and we we're gonna do some shrimp and some steak, right? So we're gonna do the steaks outside on the grill and then we got two different kinds of shrimp, okay? My, my daughter is a pescatarian, so she only eats shrimp. <sighs> I'm working on her, pray for her. Um, <laughs> But she's also learned recently she has to watch uh, gluten. So we got two different kinds of shrimp. We got, we got a, a breaded uh, a shrimp, right, that had to be baked in the oven. And then we got some cocktail shrimp so that Maddie could have some cocktail shrimp, right? So I put the, put the uh, breaded shrimp, they got to be baked, they put them in the oven. It's 14 minutes. The only rule is you got to flip them halfway through, right? So I set it for 14 minutes. I put a timer on my phone for seven minutes, which would be halfway through. And uh, we just, you know, we're chilling. I'm out grilling And I told my wife, I said, hey, when this timer goes off, I need you to flip the shrimp. I need you to flip the shrimp. And she's like, okay, got it. So I'm outside grilling. This internal clock goes off. I'm like, it's been about seven minutes. I got to go check on this shrimp. So I peek my head inside. Hey, is the alarm going off? Beep, beep. I'm like, oh, cool. There it is. Can you flip the shrimp? I told you we had two different kinds of shrimp. (laughs) So we had had this cocktail shrimp. Oh, she did, LaMonica. So... So she says, I said, can you go flip the shrimp? She goes, oh, yeah, 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 no problem. Now, (laughs) technically she obeyed. (laughs) She got the shrimp wrong, but but technically she obeyed. And I'm still confused as to what good you thought that was going to do in the moment. But here's what I love about it, and here's why I'm using that as an illustration, is because she didn't ask any questions. That seems like a pretty silly thing to do, at least to me. I don't know about to her. She did it. But, but she just walked, she didn't ask it. Really, this shrimp, Michael? No, she just did it. And that's what obedience looks like sometimes. We just obey what God has asked us to do. Sometimes obedience looks like flipping the shrimp. Just flip the shrimp. Type it in the chat. Say it to your neighbor. Flip the shrimp. Man, the next time you guys eat shrimp, you're going to think about obedience to God. I know you are. It's going to connect, I promise. God will re- redeem this. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> but listen, there's also a timing aspect to our obedience with God, right? The apostles, they got up as early as they could. It says they got there at daybreak. And then when they got there, they immediately began teaching. 
And I love their connection with the mission, how connected they were with the mission that God had told them, right? They didn't check their schedules. They didn't say, okay, pastor, we'll pray about it. You know, no, they just went and they did. They obeyed. They followed through with what God had asked them to do. And they immediately started preaching and teaching. Friends, I wonder if there's something in our life today that needs follow through. Is there anything today in our life that God has spoken to us that we haven't yet followed through with? Maybe, maybe he's asked you to forgive someone. And that, that's, a, that's a painful thing for you. Maybe this person hurts you. But God's asked you to do it, and you need to follow through with that today. Maybe, maybe you need to ask someone for their forgiveness, <laughs> right? And, and, and that can be hard, but if God's asked you to do it, we need to follow through today. Maybe God's asked you to step into something new. Step into something new. I got something cool for you, but you're a little afraid. Again, that maybe God's not going to be there. But if God's asked you to do it, you need to be obedient. Step into that. Follow through with that. Or maybe God's asked you to remain faithful in something that you're doing your best to quit. Because that happens too, right? We get frustrated. I'm going to quit that. But God's saying, no, 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 it's not time yet. Stay faithful. And so maybe we need to be obedient to that and we need to follow through with that today. Maybe it's to sign up to serve. Maybe it's to begin to tithe, to trust God with your finances. Maybe God's saying, hey, trust me with your finances. See what I'll do. See what I can do with a little Maybe he's asked you to do that. Maybe, maybe he's saying, give above and beyond your tithe. Maybe he's saying, give to our dream, right? For those of you who don't know, we, we do have a building campaign. We've got 12 acres out at Reams and Olive, but we don't call it a building campaign. We call it our dream because our dream is what? Help people find and follow Jesus. It's about people. It's not about a building, but do, do buildings help us fulfill that mission? Maybe. Do we need it to fulfill that mission? No, as proven, <laughs> Right? But maybe God's asking you to do that. Pastor Gary gets the question all the time. When are we going to break ground? He said something the other day, and I loved it. He said, digging, breaking ground, digging is directly correlated with giving. We want to break ground, we got to give. If God is prompting you to do that, follow through with that today. Because free follows through. Now, there's no question that we are not free for free. Right? We're not free for free today, but I have a feeling that there are some in here today, many, maybe many in here, that, that you're in a season where you just don't feel free. Right? Maybe you're in a season where you're getting tugged, you're getting pulled in all sorts of different directions. Life's a little crazy right now. Maybe you're in a season of stretching, a season where God is stretching you today. And sometimes we resist that stretching because, let's be honest, it kind of hurts, Right? It hurts sometimes because God is asking us to grow and so we get growing pains when God begins to stretch us. But do you know what comes on the other side of stretching? Strength. Strength. Friends, if you're being stretched today, God is strengthening you for what he wants to do tomorrow. I'm gonna prove it. We talked about foundations earlier, right? Who knows what this is? I got a picture up there. Who knows what that is? That's my foundation of my house, okay? Now, you see the little circles that have been patched over. Anybody see those? This is what it looked like before. This isn't my foundation. Next picture. Okay, so I went and took that picture. You see those, those rods that are sticking out? That's half-inch, seven-stranded cable that's running through the length and the width. Next picture. The length and the width, like, like that. It runs through the length and the width of every foundation, most foundations in Arizona. Do you know why? Anybody seen this 
in their garage floor? <laughs> do not drill or core. And just a little public service announcement. Do not drill or core because if you hit one of those lines, boop, could be game over. But, but what's my point? In Arizona, because of the shifting soil, the way the soil changes, it, it absorbs, contracts, it moves around, we do something called post-tension. You see, we take these, these cables, we run them through the foundation before we pour the concrete. It sits up, sets up, and when it's strong enough, they come through. One end of it is stuck in the footing, and the other end is stretched to strengthen that foundation. It looks like this. You're going to see it twice. But that's what it looks like. You see, we added like six inches to that cable. I mean, we're talking half inch thick steel cable. This stuff is strong and it's being stretched. Why? For two reasons. Two reasons they do this. One, because the environment of the soil around us, it, it's, it changes, right? It changes. And so when we post tension the foundation, it keeps it from cracking and breaking because it's under tension. It's been stretched and it keeps it from cracking. The other reason they do it is because when we stretch those cables, it elevates the amount of weight that can be on that foundation. It evens the weight. It distributes the weight evenly. Instead of the weight just being on the footings, it's spread out amongst the entire concrete pad. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. If you are being stretched today, God is preparing you to be stronger tomorrow. Amen? Just like he does, just like we do with the foundations. Just like we do with foundations. And friends, I think that God is doing that through here, the people of the gathering. I think God is stretching us to strengthen the foundation of this church. I believe that God wants to do something in and through the ministries of this church, in and through this family here at the gathering that maybe we can't comprehend. We, we want this building, right? Give us the building. But God's smarter than we are because if he gave us the building now, he knows that our foundation hasn't been stretched enough yet. We haven't been stretched. And so if we were to get that building right now, man, maybe, maybe the foundation would crumble. Maybe it's not strong enough yet because we as a family haven't quite been stretched enough yet. Me, I haven't been stretched enough yet. And so I think God is stretching us in this season to prepare us for what he has to come. And listen, God is already doing some amazing things through the ministries here at the gathering. I mean, some of the stuff we were talking this morning, it's crazy, right? I mean, Memorial Day, you look at the, you open the church book and you're supposed to be down 30% on Memorial Day. We were up. And listen, it's not about people. It's not about the numbers of people. It's what God's doing through the numbers of people. But that's also represented here because we've got so many people that are plugged into all of our different ministries throughout the week. I mean, how many women did we have at the study this morning? 40, 50, that's awesome. How many, how many men do we have in discipleship groups? Tons, tons. People, my wife said it last week in Live Host. She said that we've had 22 new families in the last few months. That's crazy. In the middle of summer now, we're supposed to be down. It's the summer slump, y'all. You go to any other church, it's the summer slump. 
And God says, no, 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 no. You gotta be careful. We talk about it all the time. Because we'll say, oh, well, once fall comes, and then right, right after we say that, we say, okay, but I gotta be careful. <laughs> because what God's doing here is unlike things that, that I've seen, and maybe many of you, you, you voice that to me as well. You say, man, God is doing some crazy things here. Mm. I hope, you know, G- Jesus said in John 14 that, that we could do more than what he did. Did you know that? It's in there. You can look it up. So maybe, maybe God's stretching us because the weight of what he has for us in our future requires a strong foundation, requires us to be ready for the weight of the ministry that God has sent in our way. I believe that's what he's doing, and I know many of you do too. And so what do we do while we wait? We embrace the stretch. We gotta embrace the stretching. The stretching is what's gonna strengthen our foundations as we continue this road. Friends, you may be asking this morning, how can I be stretched? I'm glad you asked that question. I was hoping you would. How can you be stretched today? I'm glad you asked. I'm gonna lose some friends on this. I know that. I know before this even comes out of my mouth, I'm gonna lose some friends, so that's okay. But God told me to do it, so I'm gonna be obedient. The number one way right now that you can help this family as we are stretched and be stretched yourself is to sign up to serve and specifically in the area of our setup and teardown ministry. Friends, this was not here at 5.59 this morning. This was not here, but we had three trailers and a bunch of guys show up, a bunch of ladies show up, a bunch of committed people who are here every week to set this up. Every week, 52 times a year, and then some, because we say yes to things like the National Day of Prayer. (laughs) 52 times a week, and we need help. We need people to allow themselves to be stretched in this. Because I'll be honest, I'm gonna gonna say this because it was in my notes, but some of y'all proved me wrong today. It's about the same 10 to 15 people every week, if, if, if we're honest. It's about the same 10 to 15 people every week that are setting up and tearing down. And you talk to any church that's a set up teardown church, they're gonna tell you, yeah, we got tired, we got burnout. People, you know, and some of them fail. Why? Because 10% of the people do 90% of the work. And we always said, that wasn't gonna be the gathering. We said, we're a family. Friends, I look at that church that we read about in Acts 2, verse 44, they had everything in common. They shared the weight of the mission together. They allowed themselves to be equally stretched. And I have to believe that in the Acts 242 church, that if somebody was sitting on the sidelines, somebody would have gone over and loving them, put their arm around them and said, all right, here's the deal. In this family, we're a family. And it says in verse 44, no, and, and we do everything together. We have everything in common. And so come on, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna play your part in a loving way. And friends, the number one, you can, number one way that you can help while we're being stretched is to sign up to serve. We, <laughs> I, want, I, want, I, want to read, I want to read this verse. This is an awesome verse and I gotta close. Uh, the other day, Pastor Gary gave a, uh, a devotion and uh, he, he shared it with the staff. And, and uh, I love this verse because I, I feel like, and as, as this pastor here, I feel like God's just waiting for that stretching to happen before God releases that dream, right? 
And I know some of you are like, give me that verse, give me that verse. Well, here's the verse. He gave it to me. Thank you, Pastor Gary. Uh, Until the time came to fulfill his dream, the Lord tested Joseph's character. He stretched Joseph's character. Let's let's, uh, put up the gathering version. Put up the gathering version of that. It says this. It says, until the time came to fulfill the gathering's dream, they, the Lord, stretched their character. There it is. They finally got it. The Lord stretched their character. That's what God's doing here among his people here at the gathering. There's a mission that he has us on, but we have to allow ourselves to be stretched today. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the stretching that we are enduring today. God, because we know together as your family that you are building something that we can't even comprehend. And God, why you've chosen us, I don't know, but you have, and I thank you for that. We accept that mission. We step into that responsibility. We step into the weight that that takes. But first, we allow ourselves, God, to be stretched. Please help us as we step into this stretching, as we step into the call to prepare ourselves to handle that weight today. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Give God praise. We're going to dismiss. We're going to dismiss a little differently today because here's the thing. A challenge isn't any good without a response, right? All right. So here's what we're going to do. If you would say, I will commit to one week a month, we we can use you more, but I will commit to one week a month. Listen, everything's on wheels, y'all. It's really not that hard. If you know what an HDMI is, we can, we can train you. Okay. If you can sign up for one week a month to say, I can set up or tear down you are dismissed first. Okay. You're dismissed first. And I would like you to go through those back doors because we have a team of people. We have a team of people with clipboards back there. They're going to take down your information. So right now, if you will say that I'll, I'll do once a month, go out those doors. Let's give them a hand. Those people. Thank you for responding to that this morning. Thank you guys. Now for the rest of you, I understand it's Not everybody can commit to that. I I, I do understand that. But what I want to challenge you with is to sign up to serve in some way. There's some way you have been given a spiritual gift as a believer and there's a reason and there's something you can do to edify the body. So when you leave today, go out to our serve table, go out to our ministry team tables and tell them you want to sign up to serve in some area. If you can't do set up and tear down, I understand that. But guys, I just want to thank you for being here today. This week, as you go, be allowed to be stretched. Remember that you're not free for free. There's a mission that God has on our life and we're here to fulfill that. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you. Have a good day.